Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench on this Easter Sunday. Rory here with you until 7 p.m. tonight. Glad you could join us. Look, class, there's no way to, to, to put the swell cork well beaten today. Sobering stuff as the All-Ireland Champions Limerick came to town and turned Cork over quite easily. A lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, a lot to break down in that game. We'll do it all tonight on the Big Red Bench. We will be talking to Cork legend, All-Ireland winning Cork captain Tomás Mulcahy. He'll be on the Big Red Bench with us very, very shortly indeed. We'll go live to Aidan who was uh, reporting on it for us today. We'll get a report from him. We'll get reaction from uh, Cork boss Kieran Kingston a little bit later. We'll hear from the Limerick camp as well. All that more to come on the Big Red Bench. Hey, hey. 225 to 117 was how it uh, finished today. It was sobering stuff down in Porky Cueve. Um We'll get a full-time report from Aidan and then we'll get to Moss McKay on the line to talk about it. In Porky Cueve in the first round of the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. Limerick have defeated Cork on a scoreline of 225 to 117. A game we thought would have been a classic of the genre. That's because just after about 30 seconds, Cork opened the scoring with a fantastic goal from Shane Kingston. Thanks to the run by Connor Cahillan, who was a late change to the starting lineup. Cork went 1 2 to no score ahead after a couple of minutes, but then Limerick started to find their feet and they were picking off scores from absolutely everywhere. Kyle Hayes, who played the game in the full forward line, got Limerick's first goal. Galan then capitalised on a total mix up between O'Mahony and O'Donoghue at the back for Cork in possession and he finished to the net. Cork came out in the second half firing a bit better and got the opening three scores thanks to Conor Lehan and Shane Barrett and then Shane Barrett had a massive chance to score a goal but forced an incredible stop from Nicky Quaid. Limerick then proceeded to pick off scores from absolutely everywhere on the pitch and come the end of the game it was a bit of a procession. The last 10 minutes have to be deflating for Karen Kingston's men as the stands drained and the red that was there at the beginning of the game started to leave the stadium. The Limerick fans stayed in voice. A massive Limerick turnout here in Porky Creek today. It's their team who take the spoils from this first round game at Porky Creek. Final score here, Cork 117, Limerick 225. Yeah, thank you very much indeed for that, Aidan. Um, that was Aidan's report just after the final whistle. We'll hear more from Aidan in a little bit. He's just in the bowels of uh, Parky Cueve at the moment. Went to get post-match reaction from both the Cork and Limerick camp. We'll have that across the big red bench uh, this evening. But a, a sobering stat here from Fintan O'Toole as well um, on Twitter. He said, Cork drew level in the 38th minute. They were outscored in the remaining 35 minutes of action by 16 points to 5. Cork's 5 points in that time was all scored by Patrick Horgan just one from play um, that kind of sums up I suppose the, the story of the game and how Cork performed in that second half Cork won the toss decided to go with the wind and didn't take advantage of it it was tough for the shooters swirling breeze down a Porky Cueve but uh, yeah it's so much hope so much expectation Really looking forward to the game today, and just it's deflating. I think is the is the word uh, to describe it. And look, I'm sure it'll be analysed, it'll be picked over, it'll be done, it'll be examined in detail over the the next week and two weeks. Not to go to that Clare game, but 
Limerick were just ruthless today and Cork uh, a little bit shell-shocked despite that quick start and you're thinking right this is a Cork up for this and then and that's that I just mentioned from Finton there just the way Cork just fell away from it and fell away from it in the, um, the second half was disappointing stuff but look we move on and it is uh, clear to come on May 1st but a lot to work on for Cork on the training ground uh, over the next week uh, before that game Alright we will go back now to Parky Cueve and uh, delighted to be joined on the line by our uh, good friend Mr. At Small Small Cahey All-Ireland winner with Cork of course uh, down in Parky Cueve still um, watching it in Parky Cueve today and Smalls look Disappointing stuff today from Cork and I suppose sobering stuff for Cork today. Yeah, look, I mean, it's very, very disappointing, Rory, and uh, high expectations coming down. I had high expectations myself, you know, I thought coming into the league semi-final, kind of league final, even though we were beaten heavily by Waterford, a couple of very positive aspects of the game there and um, with, mistake, with mistakes coming into that game as well. But look... You can't hide from the fact that we got off to a great start, 1-2, and uh, it, things look very, very bright. But just basic mistakes cost us dearly again, you know. I think we gave them the presence of two goals, and uh, they were the cause of our downfall from that state, from that side of things. And Limerick Jin really took over the match. And overplaying a bit as well, Tomas, as well. It's particularly that second Limerick goal. Cork brought that all on, on themselves. Yeah, and look... It's it's fantastic when it goes well, right? But when it goes wrong, and particularly going wrong back in defence, you, look, you're only asking for trouble, and the attackers pounce on it, and they set up another 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 opportunity for goal. And um, look, the big thing is, look, the opposition have have looked at our game, the way we walk the ball over the fence, the way we walk it through the lines, and they've put their own tactics into play on that side of it, and they crowd us, they bottle us up. They don't let us out and they make it difficult to clear our lines. And then, obviously, mistakes come because of that and that resulted in scores. And look, I just, maybe we, we, we just have to go along with the ball. We've got to get, trust our half-hour line that they can win possession. Um, look, what we conceded today from our own mistakes was, was absolutely huge. But you can't take away from Limerick. I mean, I thought Limerick was slow starters. I gave us a major chance on the back, no match for five weeks. And it looked like that for a period of time with Limerick because the first 10, 15 minutes, they had a couple of bad wides themselves. They were fumbling ball. We were on the attack. The first ball that we put down, we got a great goal with Shane Kingston. But as soon as they settled into it and as soon as they got the first goal, they took over the match and we were in trouble all over the place. And defensively as well, Tomas Miller conceded four against Waterford in the league final two today when teams run at Cork, they look a bit nervous at the back. Yeah, it looks it looks it looks very, very nervous, right? But I mean it also the situation is um, you, we were saying coming into the game we couldn't afford to do what we did against Waterford we couldn't afford to be set up the way we were against Limerick in too much space and for those runners uh, to be coming through the centre and uh, it just happened again so I mean that's something that has to be looked at by management in terms of you know do we have a, a number 6 that stays at number 6 and holds down the centre position and there is a platform between number 3 and number 6 no matter what happens we can't let gaps open up down the centre we have to have somebody standing in that position and that's not been critical of Mark Conan he's picked number six but he's picked to do a different role and if he, if, if, if he has to do that role that's fair enough let, let that happen but we have to have a number six look at Declan Hannon today mm. sits in the pocket and look at the amount of ball that he cleared and with the amount of times that we tried to go through the centre and he was there standing us up I think that's something that we've got to learn when we're going forward into, in, into the next round of games as well six backs 
I always was brought up on the level of your, your, when a back was marking you, he came off the feet happy enough knowing that his opponent never scored anything against him. And like, we've got to get back into that mentality. Stop my man from scoring at all costs and let's move on from there. Any positives to take from the core performance today, Tomas? Look, I thought, to be fair to, to, to Joyce, he turned hard. I thought, look, Nyla Leary, Shani don't know, were excellent back in defence as well, but under lots of pressure. And uh, we saw maybe glimpses of Darif is given getting through the centre. Um, but again, they had a homework done on that. The same as Waterford had the last day. They know when Darif gets the ball. The one thing that he wants to do is head, head towards centre forward, head towards for forward, running with ball at pace. And they bottled us up and they bottled him up big time as well, you know. And look, it's. I, I was down to myself as, as one of these boys, and it's very, it's 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 hard to take criticism after the game, and I'm not going to be critical because, fellas, nobody goes out to play a bad game, mm. bad game. Everybody goes out to win. Um, but it was a bad team performance. It was a bad overall. I mean, in terms of the big car crowd, we're playing in our home venue. But look, it's one in a series of four matches. We've another three to go, so we've got to get back on the horse again and go again because two weeks' time we'll be around very very quickly, you know, and. Um, that becomes an even more important match now than ever. Yeah, a lot of pressure now, I suppose, on uh, on Karen Kingston and the management team heading into that game with Clare, and a lot that they have to improve on for that game. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You look, and I've, Rory, you know me. I've been saying it all along. We have some serious talented hurlers there, and um, we have some serious uh, players in terms of mm. their performance. Um, but I just think we just need to look at how we're playing the game a little bit. We're just everybody in terms of the opposition have us copped what we're doing and they've been able to handle it when, when, when we go short with the ball they're in their tackle there's a swarm they're breaking up our, our, our attack on forward and uh, it's made it very 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 difficult for us and then at times maybe we're bringing too many guys back out of the half forward and back in defence because this behind there today Limerick if you're an inside forward line even Shane Kingston or Patrick inside there on their own today like there was three and four Limerick guys around them mm-hmm. they had no chance no chance of getting free, no chance of getting space, and um, that's something we got to look at. And just very finally, uh, you touched on it there, but just a, a quick word on Limerick, who are the All Ireland champions for a reason. They show that today, and a, re- a real signal of intent from them today. They did, and look, there was a lot of talk saying that maybe they will they will go with Kyle Hayes, but maybe go put Kyle Hayes to centre forward. But they put Kyle Hayes at side full forward, in corner forward. Like, and I, I was, it was, it was, it was a great stroke by them in terms of like he got the goal for them, and uh, but he was a target man up there, and they were missing Seamus Flanagan, Peter Casey from their All Ireland winning team as well, and uh, it showed that they have a bit of strength and depth themselves in terms of bringing in a guy into defence and being able to move a man like Kyle Hayes up because like that was a formidable half-back line in terms of actually Hayes, Declan Hannon and Dermot Burns, right, you know, and you were asking, I was asking myself before the game, why would you want to change that? But Limerick, the management felt, yeah, we need to we need to put a bit of strength up into attack, and they did that, and it paid dividends for them. And you know, scoring I think was two twenty five was was high scoring, you know. And I don't think maybe in the second half they would maybe feel themselves they probably were only going through the motions. They were really weren't really hitting it at hundred percent, and kind of that's kind of a bad reflection in Cork as well, you know, that we didn't push on and we didn't kind of take the game from a bit more, and it kind of all fell flat in the last twenty minutes. All right, Tomas, we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench this evening. Okay, Rory. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Tomas. Uh, that's Tomas Mulcahy there um, speaking to us about Cork's defeat today. It's, uh, 
to Limerick 11 points the gap today at Pork Equi we'd love to hear your thoughts on it you can text us on WhatsApp 086 8104 and you can send us an actual text message there as well or tweet us at Big Red Bench a lot of people uh, tweeting us at Big Red Bench already to say they're uh, very disappointed uh, in the performance today and uh, a lot of work has to be done uh, ahead of the game with Claire so send us in your thoughts 086 8104 106 is the place to send those just going to wrap up uh, today's action uh, before we move on we're going to get reaction uh, from uh, Waterford boss Liam Cahill there in just a bit after their win over Tipperary look good too coming down the stretch did Waterford but we're just going to wrap up uh, all today's action before we do that and uh, Waterford beating Tipperary today 224 to 220 Michael Kiley and Desi Hutchinson with the goals for the Dacia in football Leitrim will take on either Galway or Mayo in the Connacht Senior Football Semi-Finals. It's after a 3-12-2-11 win over London in Royston today. Galway and Mayo clashing in their quarter-final next weekend and also a game in uh, the uh, Gaelic Park tonight. New York taking on Sligo at Gaelic Park 7.30. This start time for that Irish time later on this evening. Congratulations to Cork who are the Munster Intermediate Camogie Champions. They've beaten Kerry today. 115-2-8 was the final score that was the uh, curtain raiser today in Porky Cueve uh, Premier League and uh, two games today in fact just before that Chelsea tuned up on Crystal Palace in that uh, FA Cup uh, semi-final uh, today in Wembley Stadium 82 minutes gone in that game Ruben Loftus-Cheek uh, with the first goal for Chelsea Mason Mount with the second just a couple of minutes ago so 2-0 there and the winners will face Liverpool in the final but a good win for Newcastle today after uh, they struck late to take all three points against Leicester City Shane Pennington It's finished Newcastle 2 Leicester 1 and they're playing moving on up here at St James's Park and that's exactly what Newcastle are doing after they came from behind to claim all three points It was Leicester who took the lead on 19 minutes Luke Thomas with a well-worked corner in Tayosi Perez who turned it into Adam Ola-Lovin on the edge of the box to fire home but Newcastle were back on level terms just after the half-hour mark when after a VAR review Bruno Gamares bundled the ball home from close range the referee didn't initially give the goal he gave a foul but on review he changed his mind and Newcastle had equalised and then deep into injury time Bruno Gamares did it again for the home side across from the left-hand side looped up in the air via a deflection and from 12 yards out he looped the header high into the net finished Newcastle 2 Leicester 1 yeah, Newcastle boss uh, Eddie Howe was absolutely delighted at their hard work uh, paying off. We had, had the best chances of the game. I thought Leicester had probably control of the game, but we had some really good moments in it. And I thought our defensive resilience in the second half, as Leicester took control of, of the ball, uh, was excellent. We hung in there. We made it difficult for them to penetrate us, and we got rewarded for that by um, the counter-attack goal at the end. So that's Leicester's five-game unbeaten run coming to an end. Uh, their boss is Brendan Rodgers. He reckons his team dominated today's game, which makes the result hard to take physically we're excellent in the game considering we played Thursday so uh, yeah it's just the message always is about if you control the ball you control the game and uh, for some reason right at the end we decided to to go along with it and then we give it away and then they they have a breakaway 
West Ham and Burnley finishing uh, one all today. Guy Swindles. West Ham won, Burnley won. A result really that helps neither side. West Ham in their race for a European spot and Burnley trying to survive from the drop. Burnley in the first half took the lead through Weghorst and then in time added on and there was a lot of it after a bad injury for Ashley Westwood. We saw Corne win and then miss a penalty. In the second half it was largely all West Ham. They eventually managed to get level when Suchek bundled the ball home from a Lanzini free kick and after that it was the Nick Pope show the Burnley keeper absolutely brilliant and one save from uh, Diop well it had to be seen to be believed West Ham won Burnley won last guy mentioning there West Ham's hope for top four finish uh, taking a blow today with that one all draw uh, game coming though just three days after their Europa League exploits in France on Thursday West Ham are brilliant against Lyon on Thursday but boss David Moy says he doesn't think tiredness can be blamed for the result I don't think today you'd initially turn around and said it was, it was fatigue I think it's, it's actually getting, getting going again I think if you notice most of the games on the Thursday it's not for me it's not the end of the games it's the tw- first 20 minutes of the games trying to get yourself going and Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace. Now a quick report there from Wembley from George Alderman. And it was a cool, calm finish from Mason Mount after a good one too on the edge of the area with Timo Werner that has surely put this tie beyond Palace. Now it's Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace now. Very quick indeed. Last uh, five minutes there of that game elsewhere in Scotland Rangers needed extra time to see off uh, Celtic in the Scottish Cup final Car Starfield's own goal adding to Scott Artfield's second half equaliser at Hamden Park Rangers will face Hearts next month for the trophy the last one in 2009 Chelsea beat Arsenal 2-0 in the Women's FA Cup semi-final they'll play Man City in the decider after City beat West Ham 4-1 in the other last four encounter elsewhere today in rugby and in the uh, Champions Cup this afternoon it was uh, Racing 92 who booked their place in the next round as they got the better of Stade Francais the winners there will face Sale in the last eight in golf and Shane Laurie is in action today at the uh, RBC Heritage and the US PGA Tour in South Carolina he's one shot off the pace going into the final round as well a third down of 65 bringing him to 10 under par and in a tie for second Harold, Harold Varnett the third is out front on 11 under par so uh, Laurie getting his final round underway about 10 to 7 Irish time this evening Graham McDowell back out in the course he's one under par after four holes today he's six under par that's currently good enough for a tie for 31st. Uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan has won his World Championship first round match against David Gilbert as well today. The six-time world champion progressing over his fellow Englishman 10 frames to five. That's how it finished in Sheffield. Elsewhere, Mark Williams is 7-2 up on Michael White. And the Gold Cup uh, went to the favourite uh, Galpin Deschamps this evening. The William Mullins trained six-year-old justifying the favourite tag under Paul Townend. Alright, we are going to go back to Parky Cueve in a bit. We're going to get reaction from uh, the Cork management team and we're going to hear from uh, the Limerick management team as well after Limerick's impressive win today uh, down in the park. Uh, Cork just left shell shock today. It was kind of hard to watch in places because Limerick were just so good and a lot of optimism for, optimism heading into the game from uh, Cork fans. Real good buzz around uh, for the weekend. A lot of people um, excited heading down to Parky Cueve today and just a massively disappointing performance but we get reaction from the core camp in just a bit and uh, we're going to talk to Aidan as well who's reporting on the game for us you heard from Tomas Mikahi if you missed that it'll be on the Big Red Bench to podcast tonight uh, just after we get off the air at 7pm uh, this evening but a good win for Waterford today 
in their uh, Monster Hurling Championship clash uh, with Tipperary and it was a good strong finish from Waterford as they won 224 to 220 at Walsh Park Michael Kiley Desi Hutchinson with the goals for the day you're going to hear now from Waterford boss Liam Cowell speaking to our colleagues at Tip FM following today's win over Tip Joining me now is Liam Cahill Liam your thoughts after that? Yeah, sure. Look at delighted Stephen. Uh, real tough Monster Championship battle. Um, tip team came down here with all guns blazing, like we knew they would. And definitely, if we weren't as well prepared as we were, we'd, we'd have been caught and, and badly done today. And just just delighted to get out of here with the with the first uh, two points on the board and this Monster campaign. You knew what like Sir Craig Morgan was going to bring those guys you brought to All Ireland level in Tip. These lads today stepped up to senior, and you got a right test of it there. Like Tip were on top in the first half, but you grounded down those scores after half time absolutely vital yeah, I, I think there'll be massive gains for both teams out today I think the, the manner in which we kind of turned things around that Waterford side turned things around and, and made you know turned a four point deficit into a six point lead ten point turnaround will be big for us going forward we'll be definitely able to springboard off of that and I think for the younger brigade in Tipperary I think it was, they came through a real good baptism today and the future looks really well for four or five new deb- debutants today and you know, fair play to, to, to Tip and, and to Colm and the lads for, for, for getting them out there in the shape they were in today. Yeah, this first game like is a huge one for all teams. So to get that win now really sets you up. At those, you have to win your home matches. That's key. Like it's, it, you know, the history books show that. So, you know, we're delighted here. Uh, pitch in excellent condition you know I have to say in fairness to the ground staff here it is absolutely top class it's the best pitch we've played on surface wise all year to be fair and that contributed to a real good fast game so um, looking forward now again to getting the bodies ready for six days time which is another monster task down in, down in Limerick Liam what, what changed in that period after half time what changed is we, we discussed how we were so jittery and nervous on the ball making a lot of very very uh, basic mistakes which you know isn't what we were about like we tried to nail the basics as best we can and it was really nervy and jittery uh, for the first 35 minutes there and just just didn't know where that came out it just needed to half time didn't you know I know we clawed our way back into it just before half time but even before that we you know I was saying in my own head I can't wait for half time to come to get these fellas in and just get a little bit of composure back into what we were about and in fairness to the boys they've really matured they, they dealt with that at half time and came out and started the second half really well Any chance that that Jitteriness comes a little bit from the anticipation that's been around the county, the ways have built up all that. Yeah, you know, that's that's a real good question, and it, you know we can, we do our best, and I do my best to try and protect these players from that. And some of it is out of our control. You know, you have you have guys, you know, that that have big opinions, and and a lot of them are, I suppose, relayed out in the media over the week as to where this Waterford team are at and where they're going. And really, it seems very very premature because like apart from a league there's nothing really achieved with this group as yet so I, I don't know where all this comes out of um, you know the test of it will always be championship hurling and, and today was a real test for us and, and we're just delighted to get through it do you learn more sorry look I don't know it, like you'd like to think it didn't but you'd have to ask the question after did it yeah 100% do you learn more from that than you would from an entire league campaign that second half alone yeah there's, there's no substitute for championship hurling you can come in here 
the Welsh Park all you like during the, during the league and it's great it's workouts and it's this and that but there's a different feeling in, 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 the, in the stomach when you come in the gates today for championship everything is on the line and that's what you're judged on championship hurling so um, you know as I said delighted just to get through it Leave the team going got the crowd going it? absolutely and like you know to be fair to the starting 15 every one of them fellas earned their jersey the right way like you know Jamie was coming back from a from an eagle injury and it just hadn't enough game time in to start and Austin had a little tweak during the week and did, you know we didn't really know have a uh, we didn't really have a good handle on it by the end by, by when we needed to, 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 to put clarity on the team so as it turns out in hindsight Shane yeah it, you know we needed everything today on the line and thankfully we've created that over the league and over the last three, two and a half years we were here we've, we've started to put you know a real good panel together and um I think it'll be badly needed in every county before this championship is over. The depth and strength of your panel will definitely come into play. Did you find out about the character of the team there today? Because going down the home straight there, you know, it could have gone tips way very handy. Ah, look, I, I have fierce belief in the character of these fellas. Like, you know, that's why I'm here. Um, I see these fellas up close every night and, and um, you know, their character can never be questioned. I'll never question their character no matter what way things go for me here in, in Mortar with this group of players. That won't be something that'll let them down. It might be a break of a ball or a bit of bit of unluckiness during the during the campaign, but their character is always there. But I know what you're asking, Stephen, is that games like that does build resilience more so than character, absolutely. Was that um, the response you wanted from Austin Gleeson today, Liam, after missing the league final? Ah, yeah, like Austin Gleeson, lads. You, you, you know about it. You, you're writing enough about him down the years like with, with the exploits and the... And the, and the ability he has and you know Austin is Austin and, and he's a massive part of this set up and you know as the, I suppose the saying goes like every every sinner has a future like you know what I mean and, <laughs> and the reality to him is like Austin Gleeson's future is very bright you know? he, he ignited the crowd when he came on really didn't he just after half time he got a big score and all of a sudden everything took off for you Ah, yeah, but that's what big players do. Tip have them as well. Other counties have them, and you know the, the, the crowd react to that, and it's always a help. That's Liam Calder, the Wardford boss, speaking after at today's win uh, over Tipperary. Speaking to our colleagues there at Tip FM, all over Chelsea two, Crystal Palace nil. That's how it finished in that FA Cup semi final. Get your full time report from Wembley on that in just a bit. Uh, going to hear now from uh, Tipperary boss Colin Bonner speaking to Stephen Gleeson of Tip FM following that. Today's defeated to Watford. Joining me now is Colin Bonner. Colin, your thoughts after that? Um, yeah, well, in, initially uh, disappointed not to come away with something. Um, you know, um, there's four championship games here. You need to bring a big game in all these games. And, and uh, I just looking back in the game, and I suppose we haven't much time to reflect. But I think possibly we had a very, very good start. At ha- you know, and by half time, maybe it could have been seven or eight points up. We missed one or two very good goal chances, and um, you know, it would have just helped us a small bit for the onslaught that they brought in the second half but even after the onslaught I looked at the scoreboard and there's still only two points in it and I says like we're not going to go away from this championship uh, we've done too much work we've worked so hard with these bunch of lads and they weren't going to lie down and in fairness they came back and I think we levelled it and we were pushing even at the end we had a couple of chances to, to draw it level again at the end and I know they had a couple of wides too but as I said um, they were a bit more clinical in the two goal chances they had and we continued to have one I think we carried a good goal threat there and that's something we'll just have to build on You are written off just before for this game we came down here put in that performance and your debutants did really well as well you know Craig Morgan up to the mark and Noel Majestic as well yeah well uh, you know a lot of people um, forget that you 
know these are not 18 and 19 year olds Craig Morgan and, and, and um, Quigley like they're 23, 24 they've waited a long time for this opportunity for this chance and yeah they're replacing huge players that have played for Tipper over the last 10 years but they, we have huge belief in what they can bring and what they're about and there's, there's more players in that dressing room that are only waiting for a chance so Tipperary yeah look uh, today we're dis- hugely disappointed and but you know we have to regroup very quickly and we have to set our sights now and clear clear no doubt Brian Lohan was down there looking at that and sizing up in terms of what what we were about and you know so yeah look um, we have to get the boys recovered we have to get back into we you know we feel we still can have a say in this championship uh, just before half time we were looked to be cruising they came out they got that goal a couple of points and like the, the fist kind of went out of tip during that period we were up in the commentary box we saw Tommy Dunn going up to the stand what happened there with Tommy being put up there yeah uh, it's, I, I was only coming out and I saw the ref giving him a red card I didn't know what was going on um, and yeah he was a huge loss on the sideline because he, you know he has huge energy and he has, he has a big voice inside there and when you're in a hostile place like Walsh Park you need someone like that in the sideline and he was driving us on and driving everything and um, you know the players have huge respect for him and they respond to all his calls and yeah he was missed by us in the second half but look having said that is the, the it's the start really in the second half the one three that they hit us so quick with you know when you look at the scoreboard that was the difference and uh, we um, yeah um, maybe we felt that you know we had played well enough in the first half we were going to, it was going to come out but yeah look that's hurling uh, it's, it's never over until the referee blows the whistle and he blew it today on 74 minutes and I thought to every minute of that we had an opportunity to win this game and that to me is something you know as a manager I have to be able to say that we're capable of winning games uh, up to the very last minute. You're clear next weekend now. You don't get a huge chance to dwell on today. Like it's a, it's a, you know rip rip championship. Yeah, look, um, and uh, you know when you look at. I suppose the contenders for Munster, you know, they had Limerick down, they've Waterford down, and they've um, Limerick, Waterford, and um, Cork down. And, you know, they're kind of forgetting about ourselves in clear in a way. And I'm sure Brian Lowen is reading into that too. And they want to make a big statement that, you know, the and just like ourselves but having said that it's not about making statements it's about playing to your potential it's about bringing your best and that's all we can ask these players to do and I think that's you know I think there's more in these lads and that's why we're here There was a couple of marginal calls in the game one kind of looked like a, a pick up in the first half went against Tip and it went for Waterford in the second half like little things can have a big swing in a game like that Yeah um, I know you can make your own look and Waterford were driving at us seriously you know um, yeah, they learned from our first half in terms of we were driving at them I think out of their puck house we were very successful on the long and short and you know so they had to counter they had to come with something they're a very experienced team like Cahill has them for the last three years and they showed in the league final what they're about they showed in the league semi-final about how lethal they can be but yeah we contained them for a long periods yeah, they did get a run for, for, for that five or six minutes but we regrouped and resettled and we got ourselves back into it and so I have to be very proud of that effort and as I said you know um, all we can just keep asking the lads is keep bringing it keep, keep being the best they can be and you know if they can be the best these guys can hurt. The big red bench on Cork's Red FM and that is uh, Colin Bonner early tip boss speaking after uh, today's defeat uh, to Waterford an enjoyable game in the first game today the first senior month Munster senior championship game today at 2 o'clock and uh, a good strong finish from Waterford as uh, he's then pick up the win today uh, full time report from Wembley George Alderman it's finished Chelsea 2 Crystal Palace 0 and in the end a comfortable victory for Thomas Tuchel's side the game took a while to get going but goals in the second half 
from Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Mason Mount secured Chelsea's spot in the final where they'll play Liverpool next month in a repeat of this year's League Cup final where Liverpool won that in a thrilling penalty shootout. A comfortable victory for Chelsea. They'll be back here at Wembley soon. Chelsea 2. Crystal Palace now. Alright, still to come on the show, more reaction from Parky Cueve, going to hear from the Cork and Limerick uh, managing team's going to hear from Aidan Leahy as well, who's covering the game for us. But up next, we're talking to one of the best fighters in the country. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Delighted you could join us on the bench. Roy here with you until 7 pm. Green and red up after this show. Tonight, Mags Blackburn in the hot seat from 7 o'clock, playing you all the best Irish music from 7 until 10 pm uh, this, e- this evening. Uh, and don't forget, Rob Kieran Laura back on breakfast on Tuesday morning, bright and early when you wake up. All right, as I said, we are going to go back to Parky Cueve in just a bit. Just waiting to uh, hear from uh, Aidan. Uh, he's down there getting post-match audio uh, from Parky Cueve. But uh, we are going to talk uh, Muay Thai and a huge night happening at Neptune Stadium this week. Uh, one of the biggest legends of the sport, Bill Carl, going to be in attendance. Uh, an absolute superstar is going to be in attendance and most importantly from our perspective one of the best fighters in the country makes his long awaited return to the ring Ryan Sheehan back in action after a two year absence it's going to be absolutely fantastic to see Ryan the Siam Warriors fighter back in a ring this coming Saturday so I called up Ryan earlier on today to ask about how he's preparing to face Jamhad all right, we are less than a week away from the next Sime Warriors event happening at Netjin Stadium uh, next Saturday night. It should be an absolutely cracking night of action and delighted to be joined by the man who headlines the, the boat next week, our good pal Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, how are you, sir? Well, not too bad, thanks. Ryan, it's been um, a while since you fought. Can you, when was the last time you fought? Uh, the last time I fought was March um, 2020. Um, up in Dublin I fought that was my last one just before the COVID restrictions and all that kind of stuff came along mm. so it must have been um, I suppose a frustrating two years for you I guess was it? yeah because I came off the back of a WBC title win um, international title win against the Thailand team in Thailand and um, the ball was meant to start rolling into April I was meant to fight in Spain and then I was meant to fight in um, like over in Asia again like Japan or something like that maybe uh, so then everything got cancelled so it was kind of a, a rough period you know, for the last two years Was it hard to I suppose stay focused on, on, on training and stuff like that when, when you didn't have a fight and with, with, with the pandemic happening? Yeah it is it's kind of like there's always um, you'll always have the drive but like you will lose the motivation every now and again but like that I personally I always stay fit myself like if I'm not if I'm not doing high boxing I'm running the roads like so mm. the it was always a matter of just getting the opportunity to conform a fight, really. That was all I needed, like something to spark the fire again. Yeah, we've had a couple of um, uh, fight nights since out in the bars uh, and uh, down in Black Rock Hurling Club. Was there any talk of you being on those cards? Was it always kind of waiting for this time? Uh, yeah, there was talks of like, going back to fight on one of Martin's shows up in Dublin last November, but I think we kind of had a, the bigger plan, like see the bigger picture, like so we kind of said we'd hold off a small, small bit longer. Because we knew this was the opportunity because overwinning the WBC, the, the WBC belt back in March two years ago, I was automatically stepped up for the WBC world title fight mm-hmm. and overholding the ISK European title, I was 
bumped up for uh, the ISK war title fight. So we just said we try and wait till we can get the two of them for the same time and everything came together like, you know. And that is what's happening next Saturday night up in Netjin Stadium. Your opponent, John Hard, um, Thai legend. Um, it should be a cracking fight, Ryan. Ah, oh, definitely. It's going to be entertainment from the very start. Like anybody knows me or is familiar with my fights, they know it's always entertainment. It's exciting, bloody. So, and people are always like excited for me when I'm fighting. So mm. this should be a good one for them to look forward to. Um, especially with the the fights being in Neptune as well. I mean, like we had a great night out in the bars, and it was a great night on Black Rock. But there's something special about Neptune for the the Thai fights. I find and the atmosphere that it generates. Yeah. I agree with you there on that one. Everybody looks forward to Neptune because it's like the stomping grounds. It is the home of Irish Muay Thai. Uh, the atmosphere is always electric. Uh, it's a local place for myself, so I bring a, a, I bring a big atmosphere to myself, like with everyone supporting, like from the north side of Cork. And like I can't, I can't go wrong with Neptune Stadium. Really, it's the best venue for it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking night and a cracking atmosphere. Tell us a little about John Hod and what you know about him. John Hart is someone who I would have looked up to when I was um, when I first started off, and I've always kind of kept tabs on him anyway, because he's a legend in the sport. He's currently the Channel Seven Stadium champion in mm. Thailand, which is like very, very high, uh, high standard. So this is like a big opportunity for me to fight like a current champion from Thailand mm. is is big, like, and he's achieved like some of the greatest fights, like Fighter of the Year, like he's like one hundred and eighty fights like 125 wins or something like that, you know, like, so you have a big percentage of wins. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I suppose, how do you prepare then for him? Do you kind of, do you look at tape of him, Ryan? Do you look at, like, video and kind of try and analyse him or do you just, are you the kind of fighter who just kind of sticks to their own game? Yeah, you always do that bit of studying because you have to be prepared for them. But again, every fight is different, so you just don't know what way it's going to go, so you can't really rely on, on too much of their all or footage. Because like that, you have to train for your own fight and you just have to be prepared yourself. Mm. There's a couple of your teammates have big fights coming up on Saturday, like Aaron McGehee and uh, Finn Keating. How important is that for you, Ryan, to, to help push you along in training and have the two lads to, to spar with building up to this? Uh, I'm actually excited to be on the car with the lads. It's been a long time coming out since uh, we've all kind of, the trio has fought in the car together. Mm. Aaron and Finn have been, have been running the, the lead for the last couple of years like you know they're they're achieving good stuff like you know winning titles and they're racking up good wins so it's, it, it'd be good to uh, finally just get back on the car with the buddies like you know and <laughs> enjoy the night and live in the moment yeah it's certainly going to be a, a cracking night as well you've also got like the likes of uh, Aideen Mullins who's doing fantastic work uh, for women's Muay Thai in, in Cork as well yeah she's doing a big push and Aideen is very young and a lot of people don't realise like she trains amongst some of the best fighters in the country, like, day in, day out. Like, she's actually probably one of the most dedicated people I've actually came across in the sport. And she'll achieve a lot of success. She will, definitely. Um, and as well as all the fights that are happening, you've got, like, a genuine legend of the sport that's going to be in attendance on Saturday in Boa How exciting is that? Ah, uh, like, anybody who knows Muay Thai, like, he's the icon, like, he's the face of it, and... It's just going to be, it's going to be great to be in his uh, presence, you know, like, as the show is called, presence, like, you know. Um, but, like, anybody who knows Thai boxing should be excited just to even, like, get a photograph with him because, like, these are moments that you, you will never come across again. Like, a Martin, 
Martin has been involved in my time up for 30 years as well. We were only discussing it the other night. And I said to him, like, this is a huge achievement for you. Like, personally, like, this is massive for you. You've done some of the biggest things before. So, like, this is just something that caps it all, like, you know. Yeah, it's going to be an absolutely incredible night. Ryan, I'm not going to wish you luck, buddy, because you don't need it. Looking forward to watching the performance Saturday. Thank you very much. I look forward to being back in the ring. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. That's Ryan Sheen there, Simon Warriors, back in action next Saturday night at Neptune Stadium. Uh, venue's changed a couple of times, but I'm absolutely delighted to see it's back in Neptune Stadium. As Ryan was mentioning there, it is the, the home of Muay Thai and Cork, indeed Ireland, I, I should say. Like, you know, so it's going to be a cracking night of fights. And as I said, Ryan doesn't need luck next week. Always a pleasure watching Ryan perform, and I cannot wait to watch him step into the ring again after a two-year absence. All right, uh, back to Parky Quay. We're all going to hear from Kieran Kingston in about three or four minutes' time. Before we do that, um, Aidan Leahy was covering the game for the bench. He's still done in Parky Quay. Just out of those press conferences. Uh, we're going to hear from them in just a bit. But Aidan, um, as I said to Tomas Mulcahy at the start of the show, look, sobering stuff from Cork and a lot for them to work on now ahead of that game of Clare in two weeks. A really strange day, it to be fair, Rory, in general, um, because of such a good start and the atmosphere was unbelievable. And come the end of the game, you'd fans leaving probably with 10 minutes to go, I would say, um, and a lot of space in the stands then. And yeah, it was just a really weird occasion in the end um, and obviously really disappointing. And mm. look, Limerick just showed how good they are, really. Um, we said it yesterday I said it to Shawnee McGrath it, we, it was a fear of the unknown like you were scared of what Limerick might, might bring because we didn't see anything really of what they were capable of in the league and obviously then um, even though Kieran Kingston was saying in, in the press conference you'll hear in a minute that uh, there was a lot of rumours about the Kyle Hayes trick and him going into the full forward line I didn't hear them myself but hmm. uh, they turn up with that and like it's just another strength of a bone Seamus Flanagan was missing like he's an unbelievable forward and it just they didn't miss him like they didn't miss a beat they put Kyle Hayes in there and he caused wreck you know like <laughs> it's it just doesn't matter for Limerick and like you know until a team can match that sort of depth and just the, the versatility of the players they have like that's mm. so, that's what it's going to take to really turn them over on the day and Cork just couldn't live with them um, Cork won the toss they decided to play with what was uh, quite a strong breeze into the Black Rock end in the first half but struggled with the conditions I think it was tough for the shooters there's a swirling breeze down in Parky Cueve and Cork couldn't uh, take advantage of that strong wind they were playing with I actually mentioned that to Kieran Kingston. Uh, you'll hear just there in the press conference. They didn't use it really well, uh, I would say. Um, and now Cork, the way Cork play against the breeze, they were always going to be a bit more effective than other teams against the breeze because you have to play that ball a bit shorter and you have to work it up the field. And with the wind, they just didn't use it um, really well. You know, first 10, 15 minutes, a lot of balls went out over the end line. And then I suppose that's maybe where it starts uh, the the playing out from the back in the short game really starts then and that's where the mistakes came from but um, yeah like and to be fair Limerick really struggled as well against it at the beginning because of the way I suppose that wind can swirl in there over the goals um, Limerick did struggle Limerick Burns missed a couple of frees at the start um, and you could tell that it died down a lot in the second half it wasn't as it wasn't as strong and it wasn't as gusty I suppose really uh, it came out of nowhere the minute the national anthem started <laughs> this gust of breeze came and I was just about to go live for you and my coffee nearly blew 
out into the pitch like to be honest with you the, way, the gust of breeze that came it was really strange because during the intermediate camogie final it was so calm like the conditions were lovely there was a shower of rain but it was mostly sunny and then this gust of wind came out of nowhere but uh, yeah Cork just didn't really uh, they weren't effective with it um, and that's where Limerick ended the second half like the scores they got mm. it's just unbelievable like yeah, Hegarty just puts puts the ball up and no matter where he is on the pitch, it's going to go towards the bar at least and most of the time over it. And Morrissey, Dan Morrissey as well, got an unbelievable point. And that's just, that's, I, I don't know where it comes from. Like, you know, why can't Cork do the same thing? Like, you know, why can't Tim O'Matney get some of the points that uh, that the likes of Dermot Burns can get for Limerick? So, look, it's just, it's two very different styles of play. Um, even though I think styles of play is probably, mm. it's been overworked, I would say, in the last couple of days speaking about this game, you know, but, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't the first half. There was plenty of potential for Cork to really rack up the score there. And to go four po- going four points down was really disappointing. Um, I think, I suppose, the one thing that I suppose for me sums up um, the game today was Aaron Galan's goal for Limerick. Cork had possession uh, and they were guilty of overplaying it. There was too much uh, hand passing around the middle of the park and just sloppiness. They lose the ball, Limerick go up and score a goal and that's like a dagger to the heart of Cork. I think that kind of sums up Cork's performance today yeah like I mean people will look at the guys who lost the ball and of course they're at fault but there was no option you know they look up and there's no option and it happened lots of times where they were coming out the back and they've their head up they're trying to find something but there's just no option for them you know um, so they did you know, like the, the backs in fairness I, I do feel a bit sorry for them because they're that's the way they're being instructed to play and somebody needs to be giving them the option to play that way but look it's unforgivable to make a mistake like that and when you're going so well as well like it was such a killer blow mm. like if you, if that doesn't happen you get in maybe a draw possibly even a point up depending um, and yeah it's a killer blow and then but look as well Cork had two goal chances and Nicky Quaid like sure. if there's any debate he's the best goalkeeper in Ireland the two saves he pulled off, one in the first half and one in the second half. Like the one in the second half from Shane Barrett, right when Cork were starting to get a, a bit of a foothold. They put up three three points in a row straight after the, the, the whistle in the second half and they had a massive goal chance if Barrett uh, buries that Cork or a goal up. You know, there was level at that stage. Nicky Quaid makes an unbelievable save, one that you'll see replays of all weekend. Um, and that is the difference. Where do Cork go from here, Aidan? Where what has to improve? What besides everything? What has to improve for Cork going into this game um, against Clare in two weeks' time? How much pressure are this Cork management team under after today's performance? Yeah, like two weeks now to reflect on this and to try and pick it all back up and put the pieces back together. And you face another team in Clare where you probably don't really know what you're going to get again because they didn't play this weekend. Um, no, you would hope surely today's game stands to Cork in two weeks time um, but uh, look I suppose they'll see Clare next weekend um, but like yeah um, two two weeks off and it's a chance to try to just like Shawnee McGrath was saying it yesterday like there'll be a bit of ego hurt and bruised after today and there was after league final as well it's two tough defeats in a row and you just have to react to that and, and try and bounce back and uh, look maybe it takes a bit of siege mentality or something like that in the camp um, but it's up to them now and the uh, look, the players—they've uh, been—they've been to another final. These guys know how to win games and win big games. So, yeah, look, they have the capability to definitely turn this around and give us a, a great performance in two weeks' time against Clare in Thurles, of course. Yeah, fingers crossed. Too. Just very quickly, Aidan, before we uh, before I let you go and hit the road home. Um, the Cork Intermediate Camogie team victorious against Kerry today in, in the opener, but a, a very closely fought game between the two sides. 
yeah, pleasantly surprised by that game. I um, obviously I'm a Kerry man myself and uh, knew a good few of the players out there, but uh, I did not expect a, a lot from Kerry because of the league campaign they had, but they didn't exactly have their senior players, let's say, for that league campaign. But mm-hmm. I did not expect them to put up the fight they did. Like They were leading for large parts of that game and uh, Cork just turned it on for these kind of two 10-minute spells in each half and uh, just showed their class, I suppose. Um, but it was a really good game, um, I have to say. A good standard as well. And uh, in the end, Cork deserved winners. But um, it, w- it was fantastic to see a really competitive game. And uh, good for Kerry Camogie going forward as well. Uh, that, you know, they, they were right in that game. Right in that game, in fairness, up until the end. All right, Aidan. Thanks for that. Safe trip home, buddy. Thanks a million, Roy. That's Aidan Leahy there uh, covering the game for us on the Big Red Bench. So you can hear Aidan on the Big Red Bench every Saturday from 6 to 7. As Aidan mentioned, he was chatting to Kieran Kingston in today's press conference. Let's hear from the Cork manager. Uh, look, disappointing, obviously. Um, was coming in, coming into the game, I said during the week in a couple of interviews that, that today didn't define our season, win, lose or draw. Uh, and it doesn't, but at the same time, it makes it a lot harder. Um, we've a round robin campaign with four games. Um, and uh, won at home which was today so it was obviously you want to try and win your home games we've only got to one of course and uh, today was a big game for us but once it doesn't define it it makes our season a lot harder we've got to go away now for the next three um, and that's obviously going to be a, a challenge a, a huge challenge uh, which it would be whether you won or lose or lost um, but at the same time that's, that's, that's what we do that's, that's, um, that's what we do Every, there's only one winner each day um, and we got to dust ourselves down you know Is it a bit more disappointing given yeah, the strong start in each half? Yeah look plus look summary of the game I mean without looking back on it obviously you're getting the analysis of it um, we had a great start go five points up really good start with the breeze um, and didn't kick on didn't into the, in, into the middle of that first half we kind of we were we were comfortable at the back um, conceded scores from the Midlands conceded scores from freeze and I think they got some long range freeze and some long range points in that middle third which they're obviously we know everybody knows they're really strong there and uh, got themselves back into the game we're heading up to half time and it's it's, it's, a, it's a draw next day all of a sudden we get a, basically a rush of blood and get turned over in the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time and suddenly the ball's in the net and you're, um, you're four points down going into going into half time which was a bit like the Munster semi-final last year we were in a very good position and we got hit by two goals coming literally an injury time in, 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 and it was a little bit similar and I know Lars were disappointed with that at half time um, but I thought they rallied really well we spoke about half time they were a bit down but they came out and next day all of a sudden we four in a row and it's a drawn game again and it's game on um, but from there on in um, they just took control I think we only I think we went about 20 minutes getting two or three points uh, without having seen the stats now yet um, but they looked to be dominating for that next 20 minutes and, and uh, put the game away and then when, I suppose when you're, when you're playing against a, a team of really organised and structured and, and experienced like that um, when they got that lead which they did against us they just sat back and controlled the game and managed it out and you would expect that you know if you put yourself in that position that's going to happen and we put ourselves in that position and there then you're sticking a twist and you're going for points you're going for goals and, and, and all they're doing is managing the scoreboard you know? and is it, is it better or worse now to have a week off next week before the chair again yeah I, in hindsight it's better to have it off when you lose um, because you, you, if you win obviously you have momentum going into next week and then we saw that last year running through the All-Ireland series it, it's, it's probably good to have you have a bit of momentum in game after game it's not, it's not any harm if you can avoid injuries um, in this in this scenario having lost 
Uh, have lost the league final and then lo- losing today, I think that two weeks break is better for us, yes. Yeah. Okay, then. Do you think you could have used the win better in the first half? Like, obviously, they done a small bit for Limerick in the second. It wasn't as vicious as it was, like, a couple of balls and over the end line early in the first half, particularly. Obviously, I suppose with a short running game, it tends itself better against the breeze, but with the win, do you think you could have used it better? Yeah, we tried to mix mix it a bit, like, but, you know, hindsight is great size. You know, if, if you hit everything long and you're not, you're, not, you're not winning and it's coming back up, then you're putting yourself in pressure because you're giving away possession to a team who are really, really good at using possession. We saw that when they, when they walked the ball themselves through the lines. They did it really well. They're very good at it, really, really good at it. Um, and, and you got it. Possession is precious against most teams now. Um, and it's how you work that and vary it. And, and, and at times we varied it well, and at times we didn't. There's no question about that. We can't say we did it all the time because if we did, we'd have won the game. We didn't. Did they have Kyle Hayes switch? No. Uh, like that's, there's a lot of rumours. There was about 100 rumours going out during the week, and, and uh, that this fellow's going to be here, and that fellow's going to be there, and that fellow was injured. So, no, I, and I, I don't think that, that was the winning or losing the game. And I look back and I, if I look back in the game, I don't, I don't think that was the winning or losing the game. I think it was that middle third, really, that we were hurt the most from. Um, obviously, we know how good a player Kyle is. Absolutely, I think he got a goal. But I think our full back line managed, managed the game really well. Um, I think it was out further afield that we were um, under pressure in the absence of looking back on it. But that's my reading from the sideline. Kieran, you spoke before about you know that sometimes the way you play, you play out from the back. That sometimes you're going to get caught, mm. and that that's just you just have to accept that and move on. How frustrating was it today? I suppose particularly for the goal to see. I suppose three defenders. I suppose confused really coming out, which led to the goal. Yeah, sure. Look, you, you've answered yourself. Just disappointing. Is you, 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 of course it is. Like you're coming up to half time and matches a draw, uh, and you're in possession, um, and you you. You're walking out, and the guy who you left loose is marked by the fellow who's coming out. And next, all of a sudden, the ball is turned over. It's the back of the net, and that happens. That happens when you're playing that when you're playing that game, walking it out. Um, and it was absolutely frustrating. Of course, it is no 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 question about it because, as I say, you're in control of the ball, and uh, suddenly you're in control of the game to a degree. Uh, and the game we play, probably we're saying, get a half time, get into it, and and, and uh, regroup for the second half. And there's a couple of points in it either way. Um, you have a chance you have a chance but, and even at four points the game certainly wouldn't be gone and any game is not gone at four points in the game of hurling um, and we didn't think it was at half time I think we showed that coming out next all of a sudden this game on again but it's from that 10 minutes into the second half for the next next 15 minutes or 18 minutes or so we seemed to um, they took over control of the game really and that's where the game was lost in my view and that's as I say in the absence of, of, of obviously looking back at it and getting the uh, getting the full analysis yeah yeah, it's Kieran Kingston there uh, speaking to uh, reporters afterwards um, after uh, Limerick's big win today. Uh, I'm going to hear from uh, Limerick boss John Kiley. Satisfying, yes, yeah, absolutely. Satisfying, particularly, I suppose, from the point of view of the work, you know, how hard the boys worked for it, the team and for themselves, you know. They, they managed to generate a huge amount of energy onto the pitch and to get that energy exerted on the ball a lot you know I think that was kind of the key piece really so yeah very happy with that aspect of it um, this was 17 wides as well so shooting efficiency was, was uh, something we'd be disappointed with and you know there was one or two line breaks that I wouldn't be happy with either but they were they were of our own making as opposed to Cork's making you know we dropped the ball left the ball go through a line it was, it was, it was within our control to make sure that that line break didn't happen and 
it did because of an error or two that we made um, but having said that then of course the team Eti kicked in and you know fellas got back fast enough to, to make the telling tackles you know the, the blocks to, to make sure that we didn't pay a big price for us so um, yeah most pleased I suppose really with our, our, our work rate overall Do you have any concern as a manager coming into a game like this that maybe that could be missing that maybe it's just not there after winning three and four and an indifferent league that maybe it just isn't there you never know um, yeah I knew I'd be asked that question because listen I see them on a Tuesday and a Friday uh, where people see them on a Sunday and we knew the energy was there and the effort was there in, on a Tuesday and a Friday from when we came back in January we, we did struggle to get to keep that energy flowing for the full week every week and we you know we, at times we didn't get the energy exerted out of the group as a whole on a Sunday during the the spring that, that we would have liked to have had but you know it just wasn't there because we had a block of work to do during the week to get prepare for the championship you know so um, we, it was just a price that we had to pay I suppose really you know we were still disappointed with our performances at that stage but you know we, we, we wouldn't to answer your question we wouldn't have uh, at any stage been in any doubt as to what this group are still capable of producing when they when they get the energy like that on the pitch but uh, listen it's still only round one of a, of a round robin so it's a long road ahead yet so listen it's on to next week now and uh, back to the get grounds and uh, I think we ought to get a grounds a better performance now uh, this time around than what we've given in, in the last number of weeks so yeah looking forward to getting that Was the switch of Kyle Hayes a response to Shem Flanagan's injury or something you've been planning for a while anyway? No it was it was something that we've had in the back of our minds for a number of months now so no not, not, not a direct reaction to Seamus' uh, injury now you feel you have to keep opponents guessing maybe by putting a player like Kyle Hayes into that position, putting them back into attack. Is that you sometimes we have to keep ourselves guessing? <laughs> the mind the opposition. You know, listen. I suppose ultimately it's about just getting. I suppose a balance to our to our uh, to our group, and on certain days you feel like you need a little bit more. You know of a, a different challenge I suppose you know uh, the energy that Kyle was able to bring to the back of the tackle was, was incredible today uh, a difficult challenge like it's all very well making a change like that you know but it's a very difficult ask for a player to, you know who's played now for two seasons at wing back to be asked to go up and play in that position that he was asked to play in today and like not every player can do such a thing you know and make it work and like he he didn't get on the ball a lot in the first half uh, he I think two possessions and he got 1-1 from the two possessions but you know he got his tackle count in he worked hard he didn't panic he kept his composure and you know that's the job he was asked to do for the team today and he did it the big red bench on Cork's Red FM that is Limerick boss John Coyley there speaking about today's big win over the Rebels down in Porky Cueve that is pretty much it from us for the big red bench a disappointing day for Cork uh, but look a lot to work on ahead of the game with Clare now in two weeks time which now becomes a, an even bigger game than it did uh, after uh, today's performance but look if you've missed any of the show we had Small Small Kai on at the top of the show to talk about the uh, the game you can get that on the big red bench podcast available on redfm.ie and from where wherever you get your podcasts from um, so that'll be online in just a couple of minutes time enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening folks we'll be back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 green and red three hours of the best Irish music coming away right here on Cork Red FM with Max Blackburn that's up next and we'll talk to you next week
The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.